What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Today's episode, episode 144. If you can believe that, you can definitely believe I lose track of that on a weekly basis, so I have to go back and check, but it is 144. And, not to anybody's surprise, with football kicking off this Thursday, this is all NFL. It's all NFL. And look, to anybody out there who's not happy with that, Beg your beg your favorite sport to give us something to talk about. Like write in, do a letter writing campaign, make the NHL interesting, make the NBA interesting. Well, any off season, it is it's interesting in the when it's actually playing. But give us something. But for now, we're going with the NFL. Right. So we are going to get into the contract extension talks first. Uh, later on, we have our NFC AFC uh, playoff predictions couple of notes from around the league, and of course, week one of Banker Tank. So, TJ Watt, guy I've picked for the last two years to be Defensive Player of the Year. Guy's got screwed out of the last two years. Um, not that Aaron Donald isn't great, doesn't deserve it, but TJ Watt has, he's a game changer like few others. And when you can say that compared to a guy like Aaron Donald, that is something to say because Aaron Donald's a monster too. But somehow, the Steelers are going full Jets Jamal Adams on this deal, and they are just flubbing it completely. Word out of Pittsburgh is contract talks, extension talks are not going well at all, at all. And to the point where even Ben Roethlisberger, who at this point has nothing to lose, I mean, the guy's going to retire any minute now, is like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on, T, I'm on, uh, I'm on TJ's side. He's one of the best. He deserves what he wants. Like, sports money's monopoly money, anyways. So. Just give him whatever he wants. Like, you wouldn't have this problem with other people. Why, when it's the core of your defense, and a guy who, if he left, would leave an irreplaceable hole in your defense, why is it now, oh, we're going to try to nickel and dime him? If he's willing to have contract extension talks with you, that means he's willing to stay there. He's the best in the league. You have to pay him accordingly. That's just how it goes. So, why... Does Pittsburgh, who has always prided themselves on a strong defense, seem to have a problem grasping this? I, I think the problem is that they have a set way of doing their contracts, how much money to allocate to this resource and that resource. It's It's been a, I don't want to say a problem for the longest time, but it, it can it can be an issue. And I, I feel like they also don't want to get burned like they have been with, you know, giving Antonio Brown that big money, understanding yeah. he's a different, he's a different mm. animal, and then having, like they had the same similar contract dispute with Le'Veon Bell. And I would say to this to the to the Steeler organization, if if T.J. Watt did not produce after they lost Devin Bush, after they lost Bud Dupree. If he had not done anything, then I would say you have a, a leg to stand on. But he regressed a little bit when the initial, you know, Devin Bush went out and then Bud Dupree went out and then they lost a couple other players. And it seemed like the defense was taking a step back. And then that's when he decided to, to modify his game, to learn, to when he commanded that double team, to figure out how to get through that and command that respect from the offense. I think when you command that respect from the offense and you're able to get around it, a la the man you just mentioned, um, 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 defensive player of the year. Why is it? Aaron Donald. Me? Thank you, Aaron Donald. When he figured it out and he commanded that respect and commanded that, that attention and he made the players around him better, then you know you have an impact tempo setting player and i think the steelers need to look at that back half of the season last year and say okay he impacted the team did we get as far as we wanted to no but he impacted the team he made that defense better he altered how the team was and then you add you if, if devin bush comes back and is who he is and they added pieces in the offseason. That's kind of the player you want to build around. It's This is not 
Jadevian Clowney, who is a talent onto himself, but isn't able to impact other players. Right. I, I would right. I would equate him to Miles Garrett. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett impacts that defense. He makes it better. And he's proven. So I, I, I think that's the that's the that's the concern they're probably having is how much impact he has. And I think they just have to look at it and say TJ Watt is the defense. He is the motor and he needs to be paid as as such. The Ravens just paid Mark Andrews. Yeah, and I and mean he, I mean Chris Jones got paid a ton of money last year. Exactly. If you're starting a team, look, Chris Jones is a talented player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no disrespect to his talent level at all. But if you're telling me you can start a team and you get Chris Jones or TJ Watt, unless you're a Chiefs fan, you're taking TJ Watt. Or maybe you're maybe an NFC North fan opposing as well. Maybe you're taking maybe you're gonna take uh <laughs> the other guy. But you're taking TJ Watt. That guy's a game changer. You cannot under, uh, underestimate how valuable and important he is to that team. He's as important to that defense as guys like Mahomes are to the Chiefs offense. Call me crazy, but he is the cog that makes it spin. Yeah. And like to your point, when when Bud Dupree went down and Devin Bush went down, yeah, there was a slight setback while he made adjustments, but he did what good leaders do. He made the adjustments, and he stepped his game up, and he didn't miss a beat. He might have even gotten better. And he, may, we may not have even seen his top game yet. This guy might even still improve even more. And even if he doesn't, what he is now is elite. So this team has really got your crap together. Mike Tomlin came out and said hey, they have every confidence they're going to get this done, which if the head coach has to come out and discuss on a contract situation, that means it's getting really ugly, and he's trying to give the player – like a calm down, like pat on the back, like we're going to get this done. It's okay. That's not a good sign. Anybody who takes that as a good sign of, oh, Tomlin has confidence. If he needs to come out and say something, it's not good. And I, I don't want to put it on that this level, but I, I, I can, I'm trying to think back, like what kind of impact would it, would it have if he left? Would it be too much for me to say the impact that Reggie White had when when he left the Philadelphia Eagles for the Green Bay Packers? I, I don't think that's too much of a no, stretch. No, I don't think I so think, at all. I think it's at least in the same stratosphere. Yeah. Because um, Reggie White was a lot of what that defense did. And, and I know I'm stretching back way into the mid-90s, but let's look at the team he impacted, the Green Bay Packers. They won the 1997 Super Bowl with Brett Favre finally getting a Super Bowl ring. I mean, what kind of what more impact do you want than a player coming in and, and helping the team win a Super Bowl? And I think that's that would be the concern if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers, because there's I think there's two factors here, Chris. One, there's a lot of teams that didn't spend because they couldn't or didn't spend because they didn't want to. And two, you have to, you have to think the salary cap is going to go up. Correct. I would would have to think so. Yeah. Possibly significantly team. Some teams are going to be flush. And if you're a team like the Eagles or the Baltimore Ravens, who just lost Matthew Judon, I think you have to look at that seriously and say, if he hits, if he hits that first day of the non-tampering period, the kind of deals he's going to get, oh, dude, are going to be astronomical. Yeah. If it gets that far, hey, tomorrow, this could all be resolved. Next week, it could be resolved. By the time this is released to people here, it could already be old news. That's how quick things can change. So, but I hope not. But, but it could be. He hits the open market. There are plenty of teams who will say. Uh, T.J. Watt, yes, here is uh, here is a blank check. Please yeah. go ahead and write the number on there. Thank you very much. If with the money some teams might have, uh, if he does hit the open market, does he get the biggest contract in the history of def- defensive player history? Defensive I said that player? really poorly, but the most highest paid defensive player ever. Defensive player, I would say yes. Yeah, it's got it's got to be up there. If it's not, it's at least top five. It has to be. He's got that kind of talent, and he's only going into what his fourth, fifth year. I mean, he's still young. And it sets the stage for many other players who've 
Oh, yeah. if, if Aaron Donald can come around and get a second one, he is he is one of the people that would pray for TJ Watt to break the market. Oh yeah. So that when he comes up, he now ha- he gets to look at the Rams and say, "I want that." That's right. where it starts. Right. Because I have multiple defensive player of the years, and I'm still in my prime. Because let's be honest, Aaron Donald could be that kind of player who could stretch into the late 30s. Uh, playing at high levels because of the position he plays, um, I, I, I would be concerned if I were the Steelers if he if he goes into this season without the extension. I, I just would be. Oh yeah, very, very. Because then he then he's playing on a contract year, and if he lets, I don't want to think he's going to break the single season record. But if he puts it, if he's got his eyes on it, week sixteen or seventeen, especially with the extra week, I, he he could set the market, and then they're out. And now they have. Uh, I know they drafted someone this year, but you you let Bud Dupree, which I agree with a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and now you have Devin Bush, which I love Devin Bush, but he's a sideline the sideline linebacker. He can he can get pressure, but not that consistent pressure that you're looking for. With the with the base three four defense that that the Steelers run, and it could be problematic for that defense, even if you surround the talent in the backfield. And 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 again, and I'll say this as well, Chris, uh, Joe Hayden has has in. I don't want to say indicated, but I've I've seen reports that this could be his last year, or mm-hmm. it could be last year in Pittsburgh, like. Then you have to look at that money. Okay, that money's coming off. What other money's coming off? Is Big Ben done? You have to look at all the factors. You can give him an extension, and it can start next year. And then the big money starts in the next offseason. There's there's a lot of things at play, and I think they have to take this seriously and, and, and roll the dice to sort of a la Chris Jones and, and, and Patrick Mahomes where you just have to figure it out because you guys are smart enough to figure it out. Unless they are so convinced that when Big Ben is gone, there's going to be such a rebuild that it's not worth signing him for like game-changing money, then they have to get this done. Like you said, they let Bud Dupree go. I think for the money he got from Tennessee, we both agreed, let him go. Make a Fitzpatrick. If memory serves me right, they gave him an extension. I don't remember. I can't remember 100%, but I'm pretty sure. But they're going to have to re-sign Devin Bush. He's not going to get T.J. Watt money, but he's going to get a handsome contract. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and keep in mind, this is a team that had a guy they thought was going to be their leader for the next decade, and Ryan Shazier, who unfortunately had the injury and had to retire. So <clears throat> you don't lose a Ryan Shazier and then just get a T.J. Watt. Like, that's, that's insane. You go from one to the other when you think you're losing a game-changing franchise-leading linebacker and you just get one. It, that doesn't happen. Why are you even going to mess with it and, and give him the, even the opportunity to walk away? It's just absolutely absurd. But, I mean, I guess they'd rather have Juju doing his TikTok dances on the 50-yard line pregame than a, 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 a fearsome dominant linebacker who makes the quarterback piss himself. That's crazy to me. I don't know. I, I'd rather have the scary guy than the dancer. But well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll add two things, Chris. Um, they did not give... Okay. Uh, Mika, his extension. He's on four, year four or five. Obviously, he, they picked up his fifth year option, and uh, TJ is on his uh, fifth year currently. Okay. Um, making ten million dollars a year. Are and they going to piss off someone else with a franchise tag? I, I, Chris, the money that would be needing to be involved with that. Yeah. It just makes more sense to to give him the extension. It doesn't. None of this makes sense. Give him a front loaded extension, and, and you could have massive salary cap room for the next three to four years, and one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best. And, and it doesn't your, make sense to me. To your point about the the uh, is it there going to be a big massive rebuild? If that was going to be the case, I don't. I mean, the only the only possibility at this point would be franchise tag him, 
and work out a trade in the offseason with another team because yeah. no one's as good as he is, no one's going to give up two first round picks for TJ Watt. But you can work out a deal. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's not in the league anymore. Otherwise, otherwise he'd be a Texan tomorrow. <laughs> I I I see this working out. Something tells me I see this working out. But if it keeps going, if it keeps going into the season, I, boy, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if there's a, a, a drop dead date before. I, I could be wrong, but I'm wondering if there's a uh, the opening day or opening game, if that's the date where they cannot have any more contract extensions. I'm not 100 percent sure. I get my sports mixed up. Uh, but there's been extensions after the after the start of the okay. season. Yeah. Uh, but I would be concerned if I were the Steelers. Yeah, they got to get this done. Otherwise, they are really, really putting themselves in a bad spot. All right, next, just real quick. Um, I, just start my, my weekly defense of the Patriots, I guess, is what this has turned into now. Because whether you have former players who have a, you know, a rod up their ass about Belichick not thinking they're worth more than they're worth or, or disgruntled announcers who want to say they're not as good as they think they are, um, you got people now trying to demonize them, saying they didn't get Cam deserved better than what they gave him. They gave him a job when nobody else would. They let him prove it on the field. And guess what? As much as I like Cam as a person, he didn't prove it on the field. He wasn't good. He proved earlier when he broke the COVID protocol that's been in place for a year and a half that he knew he couldn't be trusted as a team leader. And when you have a 15th overall pick who the team is high on sitting there waiting to take your job, if you mess up at all and you flub like that, you get what you deserve. The people who think that the Patriots didn't, uh, Cam deserves better than the Patriots gave him are the same people with a shelf full of participation trophies. Because these are the whiny, why don't you just give him this? Why don't you give him that? No, it's the NFL. Cam had a chance to go on the field, prove it, earn it. He didn't get it done. And I like Cam. I have no ill will towards Cam. I appreciate him coming out there and, and, and filling the spot in between Brady and Mac Jones. Whatever Mac Jones becomes, who knows? But I don't think he could be a whole hell of a lot worse than Cam was last year. He had two good games. He missed some time, and he stuck up the joint. Like, he wasn't good. He wasn't the future of this team. His offensive style did not fit the Patriots' offensive style. They let him go because he doesn't want to be a backup. They could have kept him for what they were paying him. He was very affordable. They knew he wanted a chance to start, so they let him go. And somehow, they're bad guys for that. Uh, just how it go. I don't know. I don't know. It's ridiculous. So, I, I'm just – because I, I did see this pop up, and I, I don't understand it. They gave him an opportunity last year, like you said, when no one would. Was it a great offense? No, but let's let's – Let's be honest with ourselves. Tom Brady put them in a position where they had to do what they had to do last year because of that dead money. And Bill Belichick is culpable in that because he structured the deals the way it is because he's the GM. So let's let's make sure we clarify responsibility for the, the one year of terrible cap situation that the Patriots were in last year. Sure. Because the same thing happened to the New Orleans Saints – this year, same thing happened to the Philadelphia Eagles this year. So, and we believe, and I think we've been on the record saying this, at some point, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be in that same situation. Yep. We believe. They could get around it. Good for them if they do, but we believe that. So, I'm going to quote somebody, Chris. This is a man we, we tend not to agree with because um, he likes to say a lot of things outlandishly. But I was just poking around the, uh, on uh, old Twitter. I know you you absolutely love Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's also so, opposite day. So uh, the blue check mark, Mr. Shannon Sharp, uh, put out a tweet, and I think oh, it, Jesus, it, here we go. It, okay. It paired it paired with a video from the uh, their show, um, um, Undisputed. I'm not gonna play the video because first off, I don't want to get any violations or anything, you know, and. To it wouldn't make it probably wouldn't be clear. I'll, I'll read what he said. <laughs> I'll read what he said though. Uh, Cam opened Cam opened the door and Mac Jones walked right through it. 
This is why veteran quarterbacks like Brady, Manning, and Breeze never let their backups get gets real reps. And then he, he said Houston is a logical landing spot for Ken Newton. That is on point. Yeah, he's not okay. He's not wrong on that. Yeah. No, he's not wrong on that. No, on point. Do you think in the future, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, um, anyone else, like uh, Lamar Jackson, as much as he can try, Josh Allen, do you think any of them are going to want to give up reps to younger players with the first team as much as they can prevent it? Nope. I don't no think way. so. No. That's what, you know, that would be one concern with Aaron Rodgers is how much did the Packers see in, in Jordan Love this mm-hmm. offseason? He's got a lot of time. Yep. Apparently not enough time. But Cam, from all reports, it, it was a back and forth throughout the entire camp. And it really came down to, I think, and what I've heard and what I've read, it came down to those few days. Those few days seemed to give them confidence in Mac Jones and what he can do and how he can run the offense. And I'd like to illustrate um, one point. At no point in this preseason did Cam Newton run the two-minute offense. At no point. Which is kind of a big deal. And I watched 90% of Cam uh, during the preseason. I didn't see him want, run that offense once. Now, you could brush that off as, well, he knows it. And he's fine. He'll be ready for the season. But Mac Jones was running it all. Brian Hoyer wasn't running any of the two-minute offense. So, I think that that, few, that five days opened that door wide open for Mac just to walk right in. I, I'm oh. not going to get into any of the other things that are floating around. You know, this person says – this about Cam, this person says that about Mac. All I'm going to say is I think those five days were pivotal. And he made he made the most of that. And he took the job and because, honestly, it was probably up for grabs. If, if Cam was there, we could be talking about Cam Newton playing Miami Dolphins week one because they're still, they were still going to be splitting reps. If that, job, if that job wasn't up for grabs to begin with, the Patriots don't spend a 15th overall pick on a quarterback. Yeah, they had and, the confidence. And, yeah, and, and and you know why he didn't get the the two minute reps, because they saw enough of it last year when five games they had the ball in their hand with a chance to take the lead in the final two minutes, and Cam went over five, including a very pivotal fumble against the Bills. So they saw all they needed to see. They gave him a chance to come into camp, and to yeah. see if he could improve or show them something they had not seen last year. And I think maybe he did to an extent. But the minute he ended up missing that time and left the door open for Mac Jones, Belichick's biggest thing is responsibility, reliability. You can't be responsible to yourself and to your team, and you can't be reliable. There's not a place for you on the team. Doesn't doesn't matter who you are, what you used to do. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. He'll get rid of you. He's proven it time and time again. That's exactly what happened here. So, and you have to look at it, Chris. He saw the writing on the wall with Brady, which prompted him and I believe at that time Josh McDaniels to start looking at quarterbacks and draft Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And what and what did Brady do? He said, F that. This is my job. And went out and went, went to multiple Super Bowls after that. Jimmy hasn't Jimmy went to one and got his you know what kicked. So it, it's just all about how Cam approached Mac Jones as competition. Did he concede that eventually he was going to have to give up the job to Mac Jones? And if he came with that attitude, then he was never going to win it to begin with. When he exactly. really could, right? Everyone can like Cam Newton all they want. They can all say speak glowingly about him. But when you step between uh, the white lines, if Mac Jones is showing more offensive aptitude and, and ability to run every kind of formation that they want to run. And Cam Newton can only run the RPO, can only run uh, run the ball with either himself, Damian, Will, Damian Harris. 
do little dump off plays. Yeah. Like I, I like the concept of bringing in the two tight ends because I thought that would help him because you know tight ends were big in Carolina. But it just didn't it didn't come to fruition. And I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens because um, he still has you know it's we're what a day yeah a day away from the start of the season. Yep. Obviously the all the rest of the games there'll be one game tomorrow. Uh, Dallas and Tim Bay. Obviously, the rest of this weekend, it'll be interesting to see if he even gets a job, because um, I don't think he wants a backup role. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention here. Guess who's uh, going to go to that game on Sunday, the debut of Mister Jones? Oh, who's that? That is yours truly, right here. You know, I have a I have a chance to buy some tickets as well, but. Uh, I have to work. I got, I got, I, I did think of you, but I, I knew you probably had to work, and I got a crazy deal. And I, uh, me and uh, me and the uh, fiance are gonna go. There you and, go. Uh, it's the same tickets we got a couple years ago. Didn't get them last year, of course, because nobody was allowed in the stadiums. Right. But uh, yeah, so it's gonna be good. It's either gonna be a great time and a launching point of a hell of a career and a lot more fun watching everybody miserable as the Pats win, or we're gonna have to hear until this kid develops. Uh, what what. A, <laughs> I know what a blunder it was, but we'll see. All right, speaking of the uh, season, I thought it'd be fun. We're not – just do this real quick because we're on, we're on mm-hmm. a bit of a time pinch here. Run down AFC, NFC, and just give team we think is going to win. We can add context later. We can get into a deeper on another episode. Right. Just the team, jot it down. Who's going to win the division? Two wild cards. Move on. Move on to the next subject. So we're starting with the NFC. Who wins the NFC West? Um, I'm going to say the Chargers. In the NFC? Oh, in the NFC. I'm sorry. I thought you said AFC. Wow. Terrible. Terrible. They can, they can win the NFC West. That's impressive. That they're would very, be impressive. They're a hell of a team. Gonna, they can win a different conference or division. I'm going to go I'm gonna with the Seahawks, Chris. I'm going to go with okay. Seahawks. I'm going to go Cardinals. I think this is the year Kyler steps out of, <clears throat> steps out of Seattle's shadow here. NFC South. Uh, I'm just Tim Bay, unfortunately. Yeah, I was looking for a way. To, it isn't them, but it, it's, no, it's got to no be them. Yeah. There's no other way. NFC East. I'm going to say Washington. I agree. I agree. NFC North. Ugh. Ugh. Packers. Yeah, me too. All right, who's your two? Yeah, I I agree. I get it. It sucks, but who's your two wild cards? Uh, Chicago, Arizona. Okay. Bears cards. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Minnesota... Mm-hmm. In Dallas. Interesting. If Dallas doesn't do it this year, they're just never going to win anything ever again. I mean, they have the ridiculous you saw, you, offense. You saw that tweet I sent you. Yes. About Amari Cooper. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, it's good to be confident, but um, your man's just a little senile. So. I love that. I mean, I don't think he's even in the top ten personally, but. All right. AFC South. Mm. Uh, Tennessee. I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go Indy. AFC East. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna set the Homer bias aside, and I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. I did the same thing. I got the Bills too. They just just it. it they have the experience. Oddly Dude, enough, Chris, yeah, they have the most experienced quarterback <laughs> in, in the division. Twenty-five-year-old Josh Allen is the, the oldest quarterback in the in the division. Uh, AFC South, or excuse me, AFC North. You know what? You ready for this? I think we're going to say the same thing, so I think I am ready for it. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, I'm going Browns. Yeah. It's not going to be a chalk this year. I'll tell you that much. Nope. AFC West. I think I already know your pick since you said it before. Uh, uh, the Chargers. Chargers. All right. And I am 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Chiefs. Okay. I did not really jumping out of line there, but you know, wild cards. You ready for this? Week 17, it'll be decided. The Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Oof! Wow. Okay. Chiefs and Pats are your okay wild cards. I am going to take the Pats as well. I think they're a good enough team to get in as a wild card. I am going to take the Pats, and I am going to say the Pats and the Ravens. Because if Lamar needs to prove he's worth that contract he wants, he's going to have to find a way to make things happen with a subpar offense. That's just what leaders do. It has, exactly. You don't have the Holmes offense. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, okay. Now, some uh, some 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 notes. Uh, the Jags, w- by a vote of the of his teammates, named okay. Trevor Lawrence the team captain. So, I mean, it's fitting. Number one pick. No matter who, what you think, right now he's the face of the franchise. Even though he's a rookie quarterback, he's the face of the franchise. Yeah, it's his ship. He's the captain. It's all on him. They only go where he takes them. So it's this kid's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. So if he can, if he can be a Peyton Manning, or or you know another another great quarterback that came out that was highly touted that actually became what they thought he was going to be. He's going to deserve every bit of credit he gets because he couldn't – you put this kid on a team as crappy as Jacksonville was, and for all we know, might still be. You're the team captain. You're the day one starter. We're trading anybody who could even challenge your spot. You're it. It begins and ends with you. So, it's a lot of pressure. That's a lot yeah. of pressure. <clears throat> and I think it's – although I think uh, his season will be a little bit less pressure – because there are no expectations for the Jaguars. There are so many teams ahead of them, not just in their division, but in the in the entire AFC, that I just I, I think if they have a two and what is it? What would it be? Two and fifteen? Yeah. Two and fourteen. I, I I gotta realign my numbers since we have another game. If it, if, if they win two games, three games, or four games. He makes it through the season. He has productive numbers, but their defense is just not there. I think it'll be considered uh, an improvement over the previous year. And then it'll just be Jacksonville needs to invest uh, free agent money and draft picks on the defense. And they can go forward from there. So uh, it is a pressure, but I don't think there's as much pressure as, let's say, Patrick Mahomes starting his second year with almost no. no starts. I when you put it that way, I do want to clarify. I don't mean yeah. I think he's going to take the Jags to the playoffs year one. That's not what I mean. The Jags are going to be a bad football team. He has to perform at a level that makes people around him better. That defense yeah. is going to be terrible. They're going to give up forty points a game. If they win three games, I'll be stunned. If they're not picking in the top five again next year, I'll be stunned. But this kid goes out, is accurate. Moves around like they think they say he can move around like he could in college. Hits his receivers, doesn't turn the ball over, puts up good yards. Uh, does two-thirds of what Justin Herbert did last year. This is going to be an optimistic thing going forward. I mean, he just can't come out and tank now. Just completely just flop. He has to show, okay, they put all his faith in me. I'm the guy. I'm the number one pick. I'm the face of the franchise. I'm the team captain. Begins and ends with me. I got to show that I'm worth it. Because if he does, there's a chance they might put a team around him that can compete. Now, it is Jacksonville, so they'll probably find a way to flub it within two years and completely disassemble it. But there's a chance. But if he goes out there and he Ryan Leafs it, this poor kid's never going to live it down. Uh, the problem's going to be their head coach. I, I don't think he's going to make the two years, so. Oh, that, you don't think so? No. no. I, I, I don't think yeah. he's going to make the two years. I think he's he's already having issues adjusting to the way the NFL game mentality is. Not so much the X's and O's. The difference between recruiting players 
and bringing in those five star athletes, those mm-hmm. four star athletes, and managing million dollar egos. Yeah, there's a difference. Big difference. And I don't know if he's going to be able to manage that, which is why, as great of a coach as he is, Nick Saban is still in college for a reason. Same way, of, you know, Saban couldn't come to the pros and be what, what he is in college, and the guy Belichick couldn't go to college and be what he is in the pros. It's just sometimes your game is set for a certain style. Well, Lovey, Lovey Smith is a pretty good head coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got bounced out of uh, Illinois. Yep. I want to say it was three, three or four years. And this is Lovey Smith who coached the Chicago Bears, beloved team of Chicago in, in – the University of Illinois plays in Champaign, Illinois, which is not far from Chicago, and he got booted. So, you're 100 percent correct. It doesn't always doesn't always translate. That's when you look at coaches, high profile coaches in, in college. You have to really think hard. Do you want? Does it translate? Is Matt it worth Rule's, it? Yeah. Right. Matt Rule seems to be translating. We'll see. It's a second year, but it seems to be translating to the pros. That's what you got to consider. But I, I just don't see him. Uh, I see him. I, I heard. I heard. that. Uh, I don't remember where I heard it. Uh, he will be LSU's head coach within two years. <laughs> and this That'd, is be after something. LSU, That'd be something. This is after LSU won the national championship two years ago with, with, with Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase and all them. And they, this person thought, Ed Orgeron, the head, current head coach, will be out, and Urban Meyer will be in within two years. Uh, keep winning championships. Good luck with that. Yeah. All right. Le'Veon Bell. That's all you got to say, and most football fans roll their eyes over the past couple of seasons. He has been signed by the Baltimore Ravens to their practice squad, the loss of J.K. Dobbins, and then Justice Hill, both the torn ACLs. Uh, they do have, I think the depth chart is a Gus, Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams. Um, Yikes. Yeah, not great. I mean, Le'Veon on a star-studded offense last year in Kansas City didn't even look good. Didn't didn't look good on the Jets. Um, looked great in Pittsburgh, then he decided to sabotage his career. What does this guy have left? Like, is he – it's only the practice squad that I know of right now. It's very likely he might not even see the field, though he probably will. Uh, well, they said uh, the report was – He's signed to the practice squad, and when he's ready to go, he'll be moved to the 53-man roster. So okay. it's more of it's more of when does he get in shape, which is a whole other question. Yep. Onto itself. And being in physical shape is way different than being in game shape. Right. And he isn't going to be paid that kind of money that he, Le'Veon Bell's expected to be paid. So, I, look, if, if, if this was adding Le'Veon Bell to – J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill, and he's the third or fourth guy in the rotation. And he was a nice piece to flex out. Yes, him being the the focal point. I don't. I don't think he's that guy anymore. I just don't. No, I don't either. I think he proved that last year. But even Edwards Hilaire struggled, and he had you know had some was banged up a little bit, and he had the chance to take the take the uh the torch and run with it and he he didn't i mean it's it's this guy it's all i'll say if you're a ravens fan is 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 gus edwards is maybe he's not a prime number one but he's never had a chance to prove it so have a chance to prove it and don't sleep on tyson williams i'm not saying the kid's derrick henry i'm not saying he's aaron jones but he looks like he could be a solid back so if he can stay healthy he might have a chance to really break out this year we'll see but okay, the start of the NFL season is tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday today. It's this week instead of Tuesday, so you know, little peep behind the curtain. Tomorrow is the start of the NFL season with the Bucks and the Cowboys, I believe. What is the one thing, the one factor? It can be anything. Anything comes to mind, in your opinion, that will shape this season more than anything else. I hate to I hate to go this route because you can almost predict where I'm going to go with you know my interests and you know my line of thinking the rookie quarterbacks how much they play when they start 
and their effectiveness. And I'm looking at, I think, what, three guaranteed starters right now? I think we're looking at three. Kyle Wilson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Mac Wilson. Jones, Zach Wilson, thank you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and who's the uh, – and then we're – then the two X factors would be uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Who will be starters before oh, before the be midway point easily. So the question, so the impact is, is where where they'll be, where will they be injected? And I think that's going to play to my. Uh, that's what my wild card pick's all about in the NFC is. Uh, when is Chicago going to insert Justin Fields into the offense to be able to elevate? Ten minutes to, ago, that's the right answer. Ten minutes ago. Well, that's the correct answer, Chris. But unfortunately, Matt Nagy's not on the same page as you. Matt Nagy is. Must be a huge, huge fan of classical burrs because this guy cannot stop shooting himself in the foot. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. He doesn't want to start with, um, with Justin Fields, but I think this is that's the most pivotal part because that could play into a lot of division uh, matchups, a lot of division winner or loser could come down to who plays the rookie quarterback more. And especially when we target down on the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears because you don't know is Trevor Lawrence starting or not uh, Trey Lance starting is Jimmy Garoppolo starting don't know. You don't know. You, we know Andy Dalton starting but that division in the NFC North uh, could potentially be so tight that you lose the first few games because you decided to go to Andy Dalton could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And I yeah, just – You didn't spend the draft capital to trade up to start Andy Dalton. I'm just saying. Uh, that is an excellent point, Chris, because a lot of the other teams uh, didn't. Uh, the Jets – no, the, the Niners did and the Bears did, which oddly enough, the two teams that are indecisive – are the yep. one the two teams that moved up, the other three stayed right where they're at. They took the guy that they wanted, so that tells you they're not a hundred percent behind them, or they just think they're too raw, which I think could be a mistake. And I think that, and I've said this many times, I think the talent coming in at quarterback is ready more often than not. Yeah, than ten years, fifteen years ago. Absolutely agree. Yep. So. That, that leads to my point. My my biggest thing that will shape the season. I thought you were going to go to the same place I was. Mine isn't the rookie quarterbacks. Mine is the second year quarterbacks. Because how's Burrow's knee going to hold up? How's he going to do with another uh, with with another year on the offense with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase coming in, who's familiar with? And don't forget, you got a guy who could be a Pro Bowler and Tyler Boyd if he didn't have other people in front of him. Uh, you, you got. Is Justin Herbert as good as he showed in year one? Does he regress? Does he stay the same? Does he get better? Uh, is Tua the guy we saw the first couple of starts from him last year? Did the Dolphins waste a uh, waste a high draft pick on him and then make a mistake not making a move to get somebody else this year? What is Jalen Hurts really with a full year as the starter? Are we ever going to see Jordan Love before it's too late to get this kid in there uh, in Green Bay? Um, that's going to be the big story for me is how are those guys because when you're a rookie and people expect a lot of the rookies this year no doubt especially guys like trevor lawrence i know as a patriots fan we're putting a lot of a lot of pressure on mac jones uh and the jets continuously pick high round quarterbacks and they don't pan out so zach wilson has a lot of pressure on himself as well so but they're still rookies if they struggle but there's really good aspects of their game oh they're rookies they'll get better it's okay it's far less forgiving in year two especially a year where you had a full training camp, you had a full off season, you had another, you had a full year in the system. You know, you're the guy you're coming in, you're the face of the franchise. And the fact is not every one of these guys can be the real deal. It's just the numbers don't support it. It doesn't happen. I mean, look at for every guy, Patrick Mahomes, whose stock has soared through the roof. There's a Deshaun Watson who, if, Things don't go his way in court. May never step on an NFL field again. And this is a guy who people were saying 
who's going to be fighting Mahomes for MVPs for the next 10, 12 years. It's crazy how things work. Now, hopefully, hopefully, none of the issues for any of the quarterbacks have to do with the same things that they are with Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, it's just on-the-field play. But you never – I mean, it, it's – you if you have a subpar second year, a sophomore slump, you may get a third year. You may get a shot. But you're not going to convince me the Jets didn't already give up on Sam Darnold after two years. They were already done with him. They had already moved on in their head. They knew it. So, like, this is pivotal for these guys. Like, Herbert can regress and he'll be fine because his numbers will still be okay because he was exceptional last year. A little bit, not a ton. If he still looks good, numbers just aren't quite the same, that's fine. Burrow comes out, struggles a little bit. Okay, because he showed a lot in his first couple games last year. And But towards the end of the year, when everyone's getting into their groove, getting ready for the playoff push, these guys got to step it up. The Dolphins are banking on it, too. They did a lot of rebuilding, a lot of restructuring to bring him in to be the guy. Simming in Philly. They got rid of Carson Wentz, former MVP candidate. The only man to ever tear his ACL in the air. Uh, it's not, I don't know that for a fact. I just think it would have to be the case. Um, <laughs> you know, they brought him in, and he's now the face of the franchise. This is a team that won the Super Bowl less than five years ago. New quarterback, brand new offense, brand new look, new coaching staff, everything. Like, that that's how these people, players, react to the pressure is going to be the biggest point of the season for me. Does Tua prove he's worth it, or does he fall victim to what people were saying, that he can't attack it, he can't hold up, he's not strong enough? Does Burrow get hurt again? Hopefully not. Not, not wishing that. Does he get hurt again and make the Bengals regret taking another receiver? instead of a great offensive lineman to protect him. Herbert, hold on. And next year at this time, it's going to be, well, we saw good stuff from Mac Jones. We saw stuff from Trevor Lawrence. We saw stuff from Zach Wilson. Now we have the starters and Fields and Lance and, and, and Chicago and, and, and um, San Fran. What are they going to prove in their second year? This is a quarterback-driven league. It always has been. It always will be. That's the reason why nobody else, no other position, can even reach the stratosphere is a quarterback contract. That's just the way it is. It all revolves around the quarterbacks. And then that's why you look at each and every year, the quarterbacks drafted are almost always drafted 10 to 15 slots higher than they should be. Dra- yeah. Mac Jones should have been a late 20 or 30s pick. He should have been. Not a 15. He should have been. That's future 94-time Super Bowl champion Matt Jones you're talking about. I'm just, hey, I'm putting facts out there. Everywhere <laughs> I looked before the no, that draft, was That was where he was ranked, though, on, pure, on, on the pure talent scale. Yeah. But the need scale for a quarterback moved him Always up. Always accelerated. Right. And and I think in the next two to three years, you're we're going to see, oddly enough, Russell Wilson is going to be one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league. And he's still in his, I want to say, early 30s. Uh, it's just a matter of when Aaron Rodgers moves on, when Tom Brady moves on. We've seen Breeze move on. We've seen uh, Phillip Rivers move on. It's like it's such a quarterback-driven league and the infusion of talent each and every year. I'm looking – Chris, college football started this past weekend, and I'm looking at who are these guys that are going to be drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. And we, I'm already looking at, at some kids – uh, with Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, like Oklahoma again, Oklahoma, um, Oregon, uh, Ohio State is just inserting a new quarterback. Boom! Let's let's win again. It's like these kids are are coming in this year, and some of them are going to be those next that next group of four or five quarterbacks that are just going to step right in the NFL and affect. And it's gonna there's gonna be a breaking point, you know, over the next three or four years where you could be a good quarterback and not have the starting job because this new kid's gonna come in and command more and have more and be more and, and that could be a pivotal moment for a guy like Ryan Tannehill yep. or yep. or uh, Jordan Love who may not have an opportunity to start. Uh, Russell Wilson, is it time? 
it, it's just a matter of of how essential you are to that offense, and how much. It's almost like with Tom Brady. We talked about Tom Brady, how much he made himself an essential figure to that offense, and made it so difficult for Bill Belichick to move on from mm-hmm. it because of his success, because of all the abilities he have and how essential he is to the offense. That's what you have to do as a quarterback nowadays is make yourself essential because quite honestly, if you're just good, it's not enough. All right. Now we're going to move on to everyone's favorite part. Football season is here. Fantasy season is among us upon us. Excuse me. I can't speak straight. So it's time for banker tank. Now, we're not <laughs> I have uh I'm recording at uh my mother's house, uh number one fan of the show, my mother Tammy. Um she uh she I said that and she started clapping because she very much very much enjoys this part of it. Um so I'm thinking we're kind of pressed for time. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not gonna get into details, just gonna hey bank this guy, this guy, this guy, and then we'll move on. And maybe next week we'll have a little bit more time next week and we'll be able to uh elaborate, but what do you got for bank, Ben? Uh, bank, I got Russell Wilson, Miles Sanders, and surprise, Deontay Johnson. Oh, all right. I hope not because he's playing me in fantasy. I have bank. I have a Dak Prescott, Najee Harris, and Robert Woods. Your tank, sir. Tank. I hate to do this, and this is no bias on it, Chris. I swear. Sam Darnold, Aaron Jones, and Allen Robinson the second. My tanks, Patrick Mahomes, Gus Edwards, and T. Higgins. So that is that is banker tank for week one. Uh, anything else? Are you all set? Uh, I think that's it, man. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 144. We greatly appreciate your support. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Website, BCTSpod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. All right. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, we ask that you go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review and tell a friend about the show. It really helps us spread the word. Till next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here in next Wednesday. Thank you.